If you're able, you remain standing for a moment longer. And in your Bibles, to you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 6 through 11 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Pastor Muhammad is going to be preaching uh, on verse 10 of this passage. So here is the word of your Lord, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things commend and teach. This is the word of our Lord. Let us pray together. Father, we do pray that your spirit be upon us. We pray that uh, you speak through your servant this morning and that you'd be glorified in our midst. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are very thankful to welcome Pastor Muhammad Yamut to our pulpit this morning. He is a pastor of the Tyre Church, obviously in Tyre, Lebanon. Uh, that's where um, he's uh, taken in Tini, our daughter, and that's where she's been ministering there under his auspices. And we're glad that we got... To, I, I hadn't met him till Friday. I got to, I'm glad that I got to meet him, even though he had been to my house before, and I, just, I wasn't there. So glad that we get to hear him proclaim in your word. And since you have no experience with somebody with an accent preaching to you, I thought it would be a good idea to have uh, Muhammad preach uh, for us today. Pastor? Good morning. morning. It's great to be here this morning. I'm very grateful to be able, uh, for God to give me the opportunity to be able to share God's Word and God's work in us and through us in Lebanon and the Middle East. Uh, We are very thankful for your support to Tini uh, throughout the last two years. And uh, God is using Tini. She's a great lady, and we love her, and we thank you for supporting her in your prayers and financially. Uh, This morning, uh, the pastor asked me, you know, did you uh, know that we're going to sing My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus Christ? And and I did not know. Uh, God has a way of arranging things. You know, sometimes we want everything to be organized and this is done this way and this is the time for this. And uh, we leave the Holy Spirit out. Uh, But the Holy Spirit has things to do, you know. Uh, God wants to do something. When you come to God's house, make no mistake, God has something for you. You're not here to socialize. You're here for God to speak to you. Never allow your church to turn into a social club. And never come here to hear what pleases you. Uh, Come here and let God do his work. 
Because God is always trying to do something in us. And our problem is we don't listen. And we want to do our own stuff. And we want to worship the Christ we like. And we want to have the Jesus we like. You know, the Jesus that wears the pants or the Jesus that wears a skirt or the Jesus that has a long hair or a short. We just want to do things the way we want. Instead of rising to the challenge of being like Jesus, we try to bring Jesus down. And that's sad. Uh, And so nothing like being in God's house. COVID or not COVID, nothing like being in God's house. And uh, don't worry, God has the vaccine. He just put it in you. If he doesn't want you to get it, you're not going to get it. And if he wants you to get it and he wants to heal you, he will do it. And if he wants you to get it and go home, it's time to go home. Don't be worried. Uh, nobody dies before his own time. Uh, God is in charge. Uh, we definitely live in a hopeless times. I see hopelessness on all levels and everywhere. The world seems to be hopeless in front of COVID-19 epidemic. Many people group, especially in the Middle East, seem hopeless in front of the civil wars raging in their countries such as Syria, Yemen, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, and lately in Nagorno-Karabakh in Armenia. In Lebanon, the Lebanese people are losing hope due to their corrupt leaders, economic crisis, Beirut explosion, and COVID-19. In America, people are losing hope because one party is ruling and the other is not. Everywhere, we sense hopelessness. And this morning, I want to take you to scripture from the passage that we just read and verse 10. It says, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. For to this end, we toil and strive. We work hard. We labor day in and out. We serve God. We don't stop serving God because we lose hope. Because we should not lose hope. Because our hope should be built on Jesus Christ, on the living God. That's the difference between us and the world. That's why there should be a difference. And that difference should be lived out and seen by everybody. And not try to hide it and be politically correct. A lot of political correctness will get you to hell. You need to be careful not to compromise the gospel, but to make things clear. This is where we stand. Uh, that's what Martin Luther did, right? He says, hereby I stand. That's, I can do nothing. And there are times we get to a place where we have to just stand and base everything on the hope that we have in a living God who is a savior to all. And this morning, I want you to realize hope is one of the three integral parts, pillars of our being, uh, uh, of our being as mentioned in 1 Corinthians. So no faith, hope, and love abide. And if our hope is not built on a firm foundation, then our faith and love will be wavering, just like our hope. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, Paul writing in Hebrews. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, 
So we can reach eternity, our hope has to be eternal. What are the things hoped for that have been assured that we need to base our hope on? Your hope needs to be solid and strong. For it to be solid and strong, it has to have a firm foundation. It has to be built on something that is strong. It cannot be up in the air. Many times we base our hopes on things that don't last, on things that are not firm, on things that not are, they're not sure. I hope so. What do you mean? On what basis do you hope? And, and that's what I want to see with you this morning. Uh, our hope should be built on the living God, the great I am, who is the Alpha and the Omega. Our hope should be built on the Savior, Jesus Christ, and his redemptive plan that spreads from beginning of times to the end of times. Uh, the living God. Why our hope should be set on a living God. That's, that's awesome. You know, it's awesome that we as believers here this morning, we know that God is with us. He's present. And we are here to speak to a person who's alive. Uh, one of the brethren asked me, what was the drive that keeps you going? God! That's the drive. I believe in a living God. There is none like him in all the earth. You know, I always wondered what made disciples go into all the world and spread the gospel. What, what, what made them drive? What made them die? What made them suffer? What made them go the extra mile? What made them? When Jesus was there with them on the mount and says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. How did they do that? Here they were afraid. They were being persecuted. They were hiding. Their loved one has died. Their Lord has died. They've seen him on a cross suffer and be buried in a grave. And then they go out and they change the world. They bring uproar to the world. Why? You know why? Because there on the mound, they were standing in front of a person who they have seen being crucified and put in a grave alive. Alive. And that's what drove them. Jesus is real. After three years being with him, that's it. He's there. He rose from the dead. What? All of us fear is death today. Oh, please don't come to my house. You might contaminate you. I might get COVID. I might die. You'll be careful. Wash your hands. We are afraid today. And Jesus rose from the dead. He gave us victory over death. We face death with joy. Death is like a train track for us. We're just going from one place to another. That's it. Why? Because our hope is built on the living God. Why our hope is built on the living The reasonableness of God's existence, that's why. The only thing you can believe in as far as answering the question of why you're here, it's God. 
It's the creation story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the only reasonable thing to believe in. If you are sane, if you are insane and fool, a fool, you would believe that God is not. You would believe in a Big Bang theory. Wow. A lot of Big Bangs have been happening in Syria. Nobody's being born. They're all dying. This big here comes a human being. What are you talking about? This art, this masterpiece, man, so intricate, so awesome. He can dream, he can think, he can conquer, he can do great things. Came from a boom. What? You think I'm stupid? It doesn't click. Evolution, a lot of missing links, monkeys. I mean, sometimes we monkey around. But we're not monkeys. And we don't come from monkeys. There's a brain, there's a mind, there's a mastermind that created man and everything that is around man. Make no mistake about this. This is the only sane thing you can believe in. And therefore, when I believe in God, I want, to put my, I want to put my hope in Him. Because He is it. You have to be a fool to say otherwise. So what Psalms chapter 14 says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You have to be a fool. The reasonableness of God's existence. That's why we put our hope in the living God. The responsibility of God's unequivocal love. You put your hope in somebody that loves you. Somebody that hates you and wants to get rid of you. See, God is responsible he loves people to the end. Having loved his, do his own, he loved them to the end. No reservations. Many times when we love people, we have reservations. Uh, I love you till here. I can give you this much time. No, Jesus didn't do this. He went to the end. What it costs. What's going to cost. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I love you. Unconditional love. They ask me sometimes, what is the best way to reach Muslims for Christ? You know what's the best way? Love them. That's the best way. I don't want to be politically correct and tell you that Islam is not the enemy. Islam is the enemy. But what does Jesus say? Jesus said, love your enemies. And we are called to love. Because Christ loved us. God loved us. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he told them so. Right? That what it says? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He did something. Love is an action word. You have to do something. Can't say to people, I love you, and stand idle. You love, you do something. 
If I was in God's place, when man sinned in the garden, I would have wrapped it. We're done. Take Adam, throw him in the garbage, create something new. Most of us would do that, right? No, God was responsible. He loved. And He loved responsibly. He cared for us. And when you have somebody who is responsible, you want to put your hope in Him. Right? That's why our hope is set on the living God. Because the living God is the reasonable thing. The living God is the responsible thing. And we see that him talking to Abraham in Genesis twenty-two sixteen, he says, By myself I have sworn that I will bless you. By myself. Wow. It's like somebody who is very rich saying, I guarantee you. You're mine. Just imagine I want to go buy something and I have a paper from Bill Gates. You have to pay or put it on Bill Gates. Billions of dollars. And here you are in God's custody, in God's trust. Uh, The other word for hope is trust. You trust in God. Because God is responsible. And not just God is responsible. The reassurance of God's eternality. God is from everlasting to everlasting. He doesn't die. Can you put your hope in somebody that dies? Can you trust in a president that has 70 years to live and he might die anytime? Can you put your trust in a government? Anytime. The elections lately was in America and everybody was upset. Oh, the good man left and the bad man came. Everybody's messed up. Who's in office? God is in office. Make no mistake. He's in charge. He's on the throne. He runs the world. Whether Trump or Biden get into office, it doesn't matter. He's going to make the call. And when men do not listen to him, he uses a donkey. That's it. He's not going to wait for you to you listen to him. He does what he wants. And, and that's what you have to have in your mindset. Is that God is in charge. Live your hope out. Don't be depressed and sad because you didn't get what you want. And the guy you want didn't get into office. It doesn't matter. Because God is in office. And this is awesome. Uh, He says to Moses, Moses was asking, whom shall I tell the people of Israel you are? He says, I am that I am. This is scary. From eternity to eternity, I exist. I'm there. Nothing escapes me. This is so comforting to me. When I was in prison, this was comforting to me. When I had uh, tuberculosis, this was comforting to me. When I was in the civil war, this was comforting to me. When I am in a plane up in the sky with this tin box that flies, you don't know if somebody left a screw unscrewed or somebody did something stupid in that plane and I'm flying up there and I say, God is holding the plane 
and he will get it to the right airport. You think I trust Boeing? I don't. So he says, if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. That's what they say, right? No, if it's not God, I'm not going. Forget it. I will not get up into that tin can if they give me a million dollars if I didn't know that God exists. Make no mistake about this. Reassurance of the eternality of God. That's why we build our hope on the living God. He's alive. He's alive. Christ is risen. He's there. He's real. He's not a myth. He's not a Sunday school story. He's alive. And, and, and you don't feel that until you have a daily relationship with the Lord. Until you read and pray and commune and you go to Him and talk to Him. And this does not come by osmosis. This comes by a relationship. A relationship with God. We build and have the foundation of our hope in the living God. Not only in the living God, but in the Savior of all. The Savior of all. He's a Savior. What does man need? What does sinful man need at this time of his life? He needs a Savior. If you are true, if you are honest with yourself... In humility, you bow in front of God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you. I cannot make it without you. You need a Savior. And your hope should be built and founded on the Savior. Why? Because the promise of God in the garden. God promised a Savior early on. Redemption plan started in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, 14 to 19. The Lord God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. From the beginning, God promised. And that's why I hope. Because God promised and God's promises are yes and amen. They're not like humans. They promise us and they cannot fulfill. God fulfills his promise throughout the ages, through everything that happened from Adam to Abraham to Moses to David to Jesus. God fulfilled his promise. He made sure redemption was available for us at the cross. Even to the last minute, Jesus was saying, if you can pass this cup, Nope, I can't pass this cup because I have promised that I will save humanity and my son, you have to die. Now, this is an interesting discussion that Jesus had with his disciples all the time. You know, I'm going to go die. What teacher would tell his students, I'm going to go die? But he had to die. There was no way out. And this moves us to the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, We believe in a savior because of the gospel, the good news. 
There is good news for humanity. You hope in, in the living God and the Savior of all because of the good news. Your life should be centered around the good news. We are here for the good news. You know, when I got saved, I wanted to go home. I was so excited about Jesus that I wanted to go and meet him in person. I mean, I've been reading the gospel. What's this guy? He is irresistible. I cannot believe there is a person like this. And God said, no, Muhammad, I want you here. And I've been trying to die for the last 40 years for Jesus. And God is saying, not yet. I want to go home. Just like Paul. I have a desire to go. And you have to be insane to desire to live on this earth. Instead of being in the presence of your Lord and Master. You are insane. Our desire should be to be with Jesus. The reason we stay here is for the gospel, for the good news. You want the hope for this world? Go preach the gospel. God is most glorified when we most evangelize. When we tell people about Jesus. When we spread the good news. That's what gives us hope. The thing that keeps me going. We toil and strive. Why? Because the gospel we preach and live gives hope to this dying world. That's why. And were it not for this, I want to go home. I don't want to stay here. Savior of all, the promise of God, the proclamation of the gospel, the pains of Golgotha. Christ, my hope is built on appeasing the righteousness of God as true hope. This is great hope. This is real hope. When God is appeased. When the wrath of God is appeased, his eyes are purer than to behold sin, unrighteousness. He's a consuming fire. God has to be pleased. His justice has to be pleased. You cannot have hope without God's justice being pleased. That's why my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Does it stop there? What does it say? Righteousness. Yes. Righteousness. Without righteousness, there is no hope for man. The only thing that gives hope to man is Christ's righteousness. The pains on Golgotha. He had to suffer. Hebrews 2, 9, 10. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Through suffering. There was no way out. He had to suffer that we might have hope. 
Many people today, they compromise their stand because they want to avoid persecution. My friends, persecution is part of the game for believers. You would be a fool to try to avoid persecution. There is no way. We are in a conflict. Uh, Paul the Apostle says, as soldiers of Jesus Christ. What does a soldier do? He peels potatoes? We fight. We are in a fight. Many people think they're on a cruise. Habibi, you're carrying a cross, not a cruise. We are in a fight. So get moving and fight. Be on the offensive. Don't be on the defense. Persecution is part of the game. Make no mistake about this. Many times I go to churches, uh, Brother Muhammad, do you face persecution? What's this question? You think the devil is going to give you a kiss when you go into his playground? You think he's stupid? He's going to knock you on the head. It's a fight. And you have to fight. And accept to be persecuted. Because it is part of the game. All they that live righteously shall be persecuted. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have the victory. I go to Tyre to plant a church. I know that I will have the victory. Make no mistake about this. In the early days, when we started our ministry, one Shiite uh, big wig came around. He says, why do you have a sign saying proclamation of the gospel? This is not a Christian area. This is a Muslim area. He said, by God's grace, it will be. You just wait. We fight. And we accept to be persecuted. We accept to pay the price. It's part of the game. Don't be surprised and don't avoid it. Because your Lord did not avoid it. And the reason you have hope today is because he suffered. Were it not he suffered on that cross, were it not for the pains of Golgotha, you would not be here this morning and you will have no hope of making it. The profitless grave Empty grave. The grave could not gain with Jesus. Jesus left the grave. He's risen. He's not here. Wow. This is something. Do you understand resurrection? It is the main pillar that Christianity is built on. Every person who tried to discredit Christianity, did you, do you know what he targets first? Resurrection. Did Christ die? You know the, the Muslims, what they say? Christ never died, never rose. Every other religion attacks us on this pillar. It's a profitless grave. Christ is risen. That's why we have hope. That's why those disciples, I told you in the beginning, they went out to the world spreading the gospel, ready to die, ready to be eaten by beasts, ready to be burnt on the stake, because they had hope that Jesus is risen, and they are going to rise with him. 
Whenever that time comes where the silver string is cut, they're going to be in a golden string up in eternity. Make no mistake about this. That's why they had hope. They were driven by a hope that is set on the living God and the Savior of all. And finally, the preeminence of glory. We're going to a better place. Earth is not my home. Heaven. I'm just passing by. I'm a pilgrim. Uh, Many times, God wants us to be pilgrims in this world. And we're trying to be settlers. We're building and hoarding and making. And one car, two cars, seven cars, two houses, boats, uh, all kinds of technology stocks. Where are you going? You're just passing by, Habibi. That's it. Live as a pilgrim. I love Abraham. What a contrast in the story of Abraham and Lot. God wants to teach us. I love the Old Testament. A lot of God's grace is there. Mind you, huh? People don't realize that. It's the word of God. Abraham was a rich man. A lot of things he had. But he was a pilgrim. He lived in a tent all his life. He never desired to have a city. Except that city whose builder and maker is God. While Lot chose a plot of land that is very beautiful and attractive. And he lived in a city. What happened to the city? What happened to the city? And every city you build on this earth is going down, baby. Is going down. Look to heaven. Look for a house up there. What God gives you of resources, use it for his glory. Be gospel focused. Live around. The reason God left you here as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a businessman, as a professional, he left you here for the gospel's sake. Were it not for this, he would take you home. Home, sweet home. You don't have to be here. The only reason you're here is to shine for Jesus. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. We are a people of good works. We do good. Do not do good to appease your conscience. Do good to live your life as a Christian. To be like your master. To be like Jesus. That's how we bring hope to this world. We are the hope of a hopeless world. Because our hope is set on the living God. And the savior of all. That's why we give hope to people. They come to Tyre. Lebanon today is devastated. The economy is flat. People are starting to get hungry. There is no jobs. No food. And there in the middle of Tyre. Tyre Church is growing. Expanding. Loving on people. Feeding people. Educating people. Caring for people. Healing people. 
giving jobs to people. You know why? Because our hope is built on the living God. On the Savior of all. That's why. That's why we do what we do. That's why we are where we are today. What's happening in Tyre is a miracle. Make no mistake. And you will not understand what I am saying until you go there. It's a stronghold of Hezbollah. There was no way a church could be planted. God is stronger than Hezbollah and he will plant a church. No way. His will will be done. Why? Because our hope is set on the living God, the Savior of all. Where is your hope set today? Where do you put your hope? Who do you trust? Do you trust your job? Your bank account? Your house? Your family? Your education? In whom do you put your trust? May we always be able to say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No matter what God gives you and he supplies to you, always keep your focus on Jesus. Your eyes are on Jesus all the time. Do not lose the giver for the sake of the gift. We do that, right? We get lost with the gift. We forget about the giver. Trust in the giver, not the gift. The giver can give you many gifts. And the gift can never give you a giver. Make no mistake about that. May God help us to set our hope in him, on the living God and the Savior of all this morning. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your word, for its clarity, for its straightforwardness. We pray, Lord, that we will obey and not try to be smart. Help us to purely obey and set our hope on the living God and the Savior of all. We honor you. We glorify you this morning. We lift your name on high. Bless us with many blessings, O God, and help us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.